Okay, let's be seated. I want you to open your Bible. I want to just speak tonight on inquiring of the Lord. Inquiring of the Lord. Talking to God. Talking to God. Not talking at Him, but specifically inquiring of the Lord. And I want to share with you some things that will help you. And uh, we're going to go into the Old Testament first of all. going to have a look in the story of David, Psalm 27 and verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and here it is, and to inquire in his temple. To inquire means to ask counsel of someone. means to ask questions so you can obtain answers. So David said, this is what I passionately pursue in my life. It's to be in the presence of God and then to inquire or to ask him questions. So he wasn't one just to sing songs and just leave it at that. He wasn't one just to uh, worship the Lord and bow down before him and that was that. David needed advice and he wanted to know things of God. He had a hunger for God to teach him. He had a hunger for God to show him things. So the Bible says, this one thing about Isaiah, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold his beauty or to admire what he's like and to ask him questions. How many of you thought of asking God questions? Talking to him and asking him things. There's some things you ask him, you never get an answer. Why? Why is this happening to me? He won't answer that question. But there are many other questions he will ask, answer for you. And you find when it comes to moving and flowing with the Holy Spirit, you have to learn to ask questions, ask questions of God. So David said this is the most important thing in his life is to be actually live in the presence of God and to talk to him. Now, why did David need to do that? I guess you'd probably at least a couple of reasons. One, his life was continually in danger and to make a wrong move could cost him his life. Now, that's living on the edge, isn't it? David lived on the edge all, most of his life. He lived on the edge. When he was a young boy under 17, he entered into and engaged and attacked bears and lions and, and overcame them. Then later on, of course, he began his public life with attacking a giant and overcoming him. So, but, but, the, but the rest of his life, before he became a king, he was engaged in battle after battle after battle. He lived in danger all the time. He was on an adrenaline high all the time. And he didn't come up too good at times. He got discouraged, he got overwhelmed, but right at the core of his being, he had this passionate thing, I need to listen to God and get God's perspective on my life and get specific instructions what to do. One of the things I've noticed about people is the tendency for us to rush on and do stuff without ever taking time to seek the counsel of the Lord, to inquire from God what we ought to do. And so I want to share with you and show you in David's life how this is a deep pattern in his life. I want to show you how Jesus taught the same thing that we should wait on and listen to and seek the Word of God. And then I want to show some simple steps how you position yourself to inquire of God. Then at the end, we want to just have a chance for you to come up and uh, respond to the Lord. And I've got some people here who move very strongly in prophecy. And we're going to believe for God to speak to you as you just begin to ask Him to speak into your life. Then you've got to learn to actually do this for yourself. So let's just have a look at a few scriptures just concerning David. Uh, I'll pick some up here. Here's a simple one. 1 Samuel 23 verse 2. 1 Samuel 23 verse 2. We'll just show you how this was a part. It wasn't just a one-off thing. It says, verse 2, David, they told David, saying, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah, and they're robbing the threshing floors. David, notice this, David inquired of the Lord, should I attack them? In other words, he's saying, should I go and take, take them on in a scrap? Why did he say that? Now listen, David had a mandate as a king to protect the nation, 
The nation was being invaded by the Philistines, so as a king he could have risen up and he could have gone against them, but he never ever acted presumptuously. In every battle he always asked the Lord, what should I do? And he made it very simple. Should I go up or not go up? Yes or no? This is a very simple key for inquiring of the Lord. Is it this or is it that? Is it yes or is it no? One of the ways we inquire of the Lord is just to make it very simple, to hear him. If you ask a lot of complicated questions, you may not hear them. So usually you've got to get your question and inquiry down to something very, very simple. It's not that God can't talk, it's just we're pretty slow to hear. So one of the ways we hear God speak to us is a quiet witness in our heart, yes or no. A rising in our spirit and a quickening, yes, or a feeling of restraint, no. And David literally heard the voice of God. God spoke to him very clearly. Notice if you look down a few verses later, after David had saved the people, after David had saved the people, in verse uh, 10, uh, He said this, Now David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city because I'm here. Will the men of Keilah deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I pray you, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. That's pretty clear. And then he said to him, and and David said, Will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men to the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver you. Now, here you've got to see what's happening here. David has gone down, he's inquired of the Lord, and, and God has led him in a victory, a total victory, and there's never a battle or a fight that David lost. He always inquired of the Lord, and he never lost any battles. And he never went to battle unless God showed him what to do. Now, here it is, he's fought the battle, he's rescued a whole city, he's living in the city, they're all calling him a hero, they're thanking him, they're very grateful, and now he hears that Saul is coming against him. So he asks this question, is this problem going to come or not? And God said, it's going to come. He said, okay, then Lord, you know the hearts of these people, when they're placed under pressure, will they be with me or will they hand me over? The Lord said, they'll hand you over. And notice this, that God knew the hearts of these people. He knew when they were under pressure how they would respond. Just like he knows when you're under pressure how you'll respond, how your friends, when they're under pressure, how they'll respond. And and the Lord was able to warn him ahead of time what the people would do, and so he just left the city. They said, well, stay, we'll look after you. No, 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 because God had shown them already what was in their hearts, that they did not have a faithful spirit they could not be relied on. Now, that is good counsel. That's good advice. That's pretty good advice. Lord, can I depend on that person? No, you can't. That's pretty good advice. Lord, should I go into business with that person? No, you shouldn't. He's not reliable. You see, God knows what's in people's heart. You don't have to enter into all the problems of life and find out all the problems. God can warn you and head off some issues you don't need to face. Think about that. He can warn you of people who are untrustworthy. Because he looks on the heart and knows their motives. Hence, it's really important in our life, and particularly in our relationships and who we commit ourselves to, we learn to inquire from the Lord. Lord, should I get involved here? Lord, should I do this? Lord, should I enter into this relationship? Lord, should I go and be involved with that person? If you're a young person, you need to ask the Lord about relationships. He might know things about the person you've got no idea of. I've seen many young person come to me, and uh, they came for advice or talk about some kind of relationship, and I warned them because of what I could see. They just wouldn't listen. 
Now, if you won't listen, then you actually have to find the hard way. And the hard way is a real hard way. But you can inquire of the Lord. Sometimes God will speak to you directly. And a lot of times in the area of relationships, especially if you're young, he will speak through the counsel of those over you. So you need to be open to that counsel as well. Okay? All right then. So this is just one example. Here we have They've got whole heaps of them here. Let me give you another one there. Uh, 1 Samuel 23. 1 Samuel 30 and verse 8. Now here is David is facing a major disaster. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. What's happened now is that David has come and his city's been overwhelmed. He's had a, he'd had like a major setback in his life. You'd call it a financial collapse. Everything he had was taken away from him. You could call it a marriage and a family catastrophe. His wife and children had all gone. Everything that was of value to him had been taken away. And even the people around him are talking about stoning him to death. And the Bible says in verse 6, he strengthened himself in the Lord. He came near to God, began to remind himself of the promises of God, reflected on what victories God had given him before. And then the Bible says, verse 8, he inquired of the Lord. What ought I do? Should I go after these guys or should I just let it go and accept this? Should I accept this loss of property? Should I accept all of this loss? Should I rise up and go and take them on in a fight? And the Lord said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. So God gave him a very clear direction what he was to do. And you find over and over and over when you look in the life of David that God continually speaks to him. He hears God speak. Now that's the core and the heart of relationship. You've got to hear the person that you're relating to speak. I want to give you another one there. We'll find one 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. Here it is again, a battle. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. Now the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king of Israel, and they went out to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And so here it is again. The Lord David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up? Now notice how he asked the questions. Yes or no? Shall I go up against the Philistines? Yes or no? Will you deliver them into my hand? Yes or no? But the Lord speaks very specifically. Go up, doubtless I'll deliver them into your hand. So here's the challenge. Shall I go up and will I win? That's not bad questions, is it? That's inquiring of the Lord and looking for some answers. Shall I go up? Shall I actually take this challenge on? Shall I go out and fight these people? And the Lord spoke to him and said yes. Then a few verses later, they regrouped again and they wanted to attack him again. And again, instead of presuming to do what he'd done before, instead of living in the confidence of what he'd done, he again inquires of the Lord. Now that tells you in his life, he is dependent on the Lord to direct him. He never assumes because yesterday God helped him in a certain way, it's going to happen the same way next time. Each time was a fresh time. It's like each day is a fresh day. Lord, speak to me. Talk to me. Give me food for today. Show me what you want to do in my life today. Speak to me and encourage me today. So David, there it is down there You look in verse uh, uh, 23, verse 22. The Philistines went up again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, now don't go up and take them head on. This time go around behind them and set an ambush. And when he went around behind them, then God came with him. Now you notice in all David's battles, he won every battle he fought. He never lost a battle. Now that's good. And here's the interesting thing. Before every battle, he inquired of the Lord what to do. Now, we face battles, not battles with a sword and against enemies that come against us, but we all face our challenges and struggles in life. You've got some challenges. How many got challenges you're facing right now? Oh man, that's right. Now what you need then is a strategy from God. You need a word from heaven. 
and need something from the Lord to show you what to do. God is able to speak to you very directly and guide you. And why should you not ask? If God is my friend, he will show me what to do. The absence of me hearing something fresh, then I need to keep doing what I'm doing. So God wants to speak to us, continue. So you find all through David's life, this whole positioning here, whenever there was a difficulty, he inquired of the Lord. There's another scripture where there was a famine in the land, and he asked the Lord, what is the cause of the famine? What should I do to solve it? And God showed him exactly what the cause was. That was after three years of famine. That's a long time to be in a famine, but it wouldn't go away. So in the end, he said, Lord, what is the cause of the famine? And God showed him. You may be having a problem in your life, and you can't work out why this thing won't go away. Why don't you begin to inquire of the Lord, what is the root of the problem? What is the root of this issue? What is the cause of it? What has allowed this thing to be in there? Sometimes we just throw up our hands and give up and quit before actually doing what God says to what David did, inquire of the Lord pursue him. Now, I want to share with you some simple keys. I want to show you a, a verse in, in the New Testament now. Then we're going to uh, show you about seeking the counsel of the Lord. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema or word of God proceeding out of the mouth of God. So Jesus made it very clear that living with God by listening to his words is a lifestyle. So we're going to learn to listen to the words of God. Listen to his words. Listen to God speaking to us. So there are two words for the word of God in the Bible. One's called logos. The logos are the principles of the ways of God. When you read the Bible, you get the principles and the ways of God. So if you've got nothing else from God, read the Bible, find out what it says. It helps you make a lot of decisions. But there are some decisions that you can't find them in the Bible. Who should I marry? Where should I work? Should I shift to the city? Uh, What should I do about this job? None of those are answered in the Bible. So for that, I need a rhema from God. I need God to speak a living word that I hear in my spirit, and I know this is what I ought to do. And every one of us is able to hear those words. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We are able to hear the word of God. Young people, if you're making direction in your life and looking for some kind of sense of direction, one of the things, one place you must go is talk to the Lord. You just got to talk to him because he is the only one who knows what he's designed and called you for. If you don't listen to him and consult him in your plans, you'll find you'll make some serious mistakes. It will seem right, but it won't go well. And I've seen many people make some foolish mistakes. They just never thought about it. See, notice in Psalm 33 verse 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. So the Bible's very clear that God's counsel works in every generation. It doesn't matter whether we're 21st century, he still works. What he says still applies and it still works. But you've got to position yourself to listen. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. So when you have an issue in your life, where do you go for counsel? Who is talking into you about the issues of your life? Well, usually what happens is we ask people who also got no answers. We ask people who've got no success in their life. Well, how dumb is that? Talk to your friends because they're your friends. They've got no wisdom. They've got no experience. They've got no answers for that. You know what they'll tell you? They'll tell you everything the world's telling them. See, you've got to make a decision. My life It will be directed according to the purpose of God. And for that to happen, I will personally learn how to inquire of God, how to position myself to hear God speak. I need to hear God speak. That was one of the keys to David's success. 
He knew what God wanted him to do. Even when he had a massive disaster and a public humiliation, he never got bitter against God. He went aside. He inquired of the Lord. God showed him where he went wrong. He went back and fixed it and had a great victory. See, he always found an answer from God. And God is willing to give us answers. See, the counsel of the Lord will stand forever. But your mate's counsel will fall over. They've changed their mind next week. So you need to get the counsel of the Lord. Counsel of the Lord lasts forever. Every generation, God's wisdom is still wise for today. See? It's still, it's still wise. People still wise, still carries weight. Here's another scripture a bit like it. Um, uh, Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many of the devices in, the, in a man's heart, but nevertheless the counsel of the Lord shall stand. The counsel of the Lord shall stand. So we've got a lot of ideas of what we should do and what we could do, but God's counsel directs your life in a path that's extremely profitable. So when did you last ask the Lord for some direction? When did you last ask him about an issue in your life? When you've got a problem, just get on the phone and blab to all your friends, or do you make it a habit to go to the Lord and ask him to get you an answer? Mostly, we take the easy route out. Get on the phone, talk to someone, instead of actually developing a discipline in our life and becoming a person who inquires of the Lord. Lord, what should I do? Just as simple as that. Lord, I don't know what to do. Show me what I should do. Is it this or is it that? Bring it down to its very easy decision, this or that, right or wrong, yes or no, go, don't go. That's how David brought the decisions down very, very easily. Lord, should I go up against the battle? Yes or no? Lord, will these people hand me over? Yes or no? He made the questions very easy to be answered, very easy for him to hear from God. He positioned himself in a place of worship so he could listen to God. You can do the same thing. So the thing is then is, well, how do I find the counsel of the Lord? I want to give you some, some uh, how do I give you? I'll give you, I wouldn't say steps in a process, but they're actually the part of this process of getting counsel from God. And uh, I want to give you some aspects of it. They're very, very simple. Here we are. So I'll give you some keys, some simple keys for getting counsel from the Lord, getting advice from the Lord letting God speak into your life. Okay, here's the first one. Number one, we need to trust him to speak to us. See, we need to trust him to speak to us. I've got to put the trust that he will do it. When you ask the Lord, you hear nothing. That's when you tend to doubt. The doubt in your heart comes up. Oh, well, I knew nothing to happen. Listen, you can't operate like that. Proverbs 3, verse 3 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your ability to work things out. Now, we do have to work things out. We do need to use our brain. We do need to use common sense. But don't over-rely on it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's the inner man, the emotions. Lean on your own understanding in all your ways. That's in every area of your life. Be intimate with him. In all your ways, be intimate with him. The word there is be intimate with. In other words, share out your heart with God about your life. And the Bible promises that he will then direct your path. He will make sure that whatever you do, it'll always work out good for you. How about that? That's a tremendous promise just there, isn't it? And the the part you've got to play is to trust the Lord with all your heart. You've got to actually, in your heart, decide God can be trusted with my life. My life is in his hands. Therefore, I'm going to trust him to direct me and speak to me. It's a commitment to him. Now, of course, if you have, if you have a double-mindedness, if, you, if your commitment to him, sometimes you're there, sometimes you're not there, don't, you won't hear anything much from the Lord. 
We've got to make a commitment of our life. We've got our life in the Lord's hands. And as a result of putting our life in His hands, He is committed. The Bible says He will keep what's committed to Him. If you've committed your life and your future to Him, then He is committed to keep it. He will help you. He's committed to do that. Paul said that. Whatever I've committed to Him, God will keep. He'll look after. So I need to commit to Him my day. I need to commit to him what I'm doing. I need to commit to him my plans. I need to entrust them to him and believe that he's going to work it out all just fine. That takes a lot of stress and anxiety out of life. The reason people get stressed and anxious is because they're afraid of how everything's going to work out. But I can stand on this promise. If I committed my way to the Lord, it's okay. It's going to work it all out. Just enjoy the journey. Stop stressing so much. Stressing means you took it back from the Lord. Now you're trying to figure it all out. Okay, number one. Okay, number two. Number two, I need to ask him for direction. I need to ask him. You've got to actually go there and ask something. See, you've got to inquire of the Lord. You've got to actually ask him some questions. James 1 verse 5, if any man lacks wisdom, wisdom is knowing what to do and having the right timing for doing it. Let him ask of God, but not doubt, uh, because the man that doubts is double-minded. He won't get anything from God. So I need to ask him. It's sometimes quite good to write your prayer down, write it down in a journal. Write down what you want to know. And they begin to mull it over. Ask the Lord, Lord, I just don't know what to do about this. Well, which way should I go? What should I do on this? And so we've got to ask him. And ask him in a way that makes the answer real easy to pick up. Don't ask complicated questions. Ask, ask questions which are very easy to get an answer one way or the other. Lord, should I pursue this or not pursue this? Sometimes we've got a whole heap of questions. Well, what you need to do is look through the questions you want to ask and pick the one single most important one, the first one to be asked. And then after you've got an answer to that, then you take the next most important one. Line it up afterwards. If you just have lots of questions buzzing around in your head, you'll never hear anything much from the Lord. Your mind's full of too much static and noise. So you just ask one question. What is the most important thing? And so sometimes you've got to just think about the questions in your life. And then you put the most important one before him. When you put the most important one before him, once you've got that one answered, then you start to get into a flow, and every other part seems to come right. So you've got to ask him the question. It's not hard, is this? Not rocket science at all, is it, really? There's not some deep thing. Here's another thing we need to do. We need to lay down my options. I need to lay down my opinions and options. In Ezekiel chapter 14 and verse 4, now this one's the heart of it. This can take a little bit of time. It can take a little bit of time. In Ezekiel chapter 14, I think it is, and verse 4. Let's see if I can find it here. It says, uh, speak then to the... Uh, <clears throat> okay, verse 3. Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? Speak to them, says the Lord. And thus says the Lord God, everyone in this house of Israel who sets up idols in his heart, puts them before him, what causes him to stumble into iniquity, and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols. So here's what God is saying. These people are coming to me to inquire and get direction. But he says, the problem is they have idols in their heart. They have things which they've put in before me, ahead of me. And so he should, should I let them inquire and I will give them an answer? He says, here's the answer to give them. He said, if you come before me and you have an idol in your heart, then what you'll hear is you won't hear me, you'll hear the idol of your heart. 
right then? So, for example, you've got a young girl, and she says, oh, listen, I've got this boy I really like, and what do you think about this one? But she hasn't come to get an answer. She's already come wanting actually someone to agree with what she said. She's got already an idol set in the heart. So one of the challenging things when we're seeking direction from the Lord sometimes is to actually lay down the th- what we really want, to lay down our personal opinion and agenda. And that can take a little while to do that. Before I came here, uh, I didn't want to come here. I didn't want to come to Hastings. I actually pleaded for the Lord not to bring me to Hastings. Now, I'm glad I came to Hastings. But there was a change took place. Here's what the change was. There came a point where I had to actually lay down what I wanted and decide I would ask the Lord what he wanted and what would work out best for my life. I had to lay down my opinion, and that took me about about uh, probably at least a day and a half, two days, I suppose. It took me two days of weeping to let go what I wanted and be willing to yield and listen to what God wanted. Now, that's the hard bit. Now, not every decision is like that. Some decisions aren't really like that at all. Uh, Some decisions just ask God for direction, he'll give it to you. But some of them, we have a vested interest in it, and we've got to lay that down and become neutral. Lord, if you want this, I'm happy about that. If you want this, I'm happy about that. Until you're at the place where you actually are yielded and willing to this or that, Lord, you don't hear God speak. Because he said, because all you'll hear is the idol of your heart. You'll always hear what you want. And I found many times when I've asked people who got into a mess, I asked them about the direction they sought, and they actually said, well, I really didn't want to listen to anyone. I didn't want anyone to tell me what to do. I didn't want my parents to tell me. I didn't want the pastor to tell me. I didn't want a leader to tell me. I didn't want anyone to tell me. I said, did you pray? Yeah, I prayed about it. And it felt right. Of course it felt right. You had an idol in your heart. You heard your idol speak. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. This is good. Do it. Can you understand that? So in order to hear the voice of God at times on major decisions, I've got to actually just come to a place of just being willing to lay down my plan and listen to his plan. Is that a good thing? Okay, here's another one. Uh, verse, uh, the next one is wait for him. In Psalm 106, 106 and verse 13, it says that they did not wait for the counsel of the Lord. They did not wait for the counsel of the Lord. Now, this is the bit we don't like because you can say, well, Lord, what should I do? Should I do this or that? Okay, here I am. I haven't got much time. Can you tell me? Now, it don't work like that. God is never in a hurry. He's seldom early and he's never late, but he's not in a hurry. And so there's a process where you have to wait on him. You say, well, how long do I have to wait? You know, I don't have too much time. I've got to make this decision. Well, the more you get that way inclined, the less you're likely to hear God. You'll end up making a panic-stricken decision. See, to wait on the Lord means to actually expectantly linger in his presence, to twine yourself with him in anticipation of him speaking. You can't force God. You can just position yourself where he will come and talk with you. He is still God, remember. So even though I give you some steps of how you come near to inquire of the Lord, never, never forget to respect him. He's still God. He's still in charge. He comes when it suits him. You get the idea? And when he comes, you just suddenly come and then you got an answer just like that. And then, whoa, that was awesome. But it doesn't always, sometimes it's real quick, sometimes it's delayed a while. And in the delay process, you are waiting on God. Now, uh, they asked me one time, uh, we, want you, we want to start a Christian school and we, we'd really like for you to be the uh, principal, we'd like you to set it all up, make it all happen. And uh, everyone all agreed that was a good idea. And I thought, well, yeah, you you all agree it's a good idea. You've got no other teacher to choose from. This is my life, you know. So I decided I would wait on the Lord. 
And I waited on the Lord and they asked me, well, are you decided yet? And I said, no, I haven't heard from God. And I'm not going to just sacrifice my career and life and my family, put them at risk for something that you think is a good idea. I need to hear from God. You get the idea? See, it's not because everyone around me thought it was a great idea. The crowd seldom is right. Although there can be a witness in the heart of people when things are right. Actually, as it turned out, people were right. I was the right man to do the job. It was right. But I needed to have a personal witness from God about this matter. Because without that, when pressures came, now that was in May we opened the school. I got the rhema from God probably about uh, February and I left at a term so I could finish up my job properly and uh, then I got to start the school in May. In about October the pastor left the church and we were leaderless. You know something, the only thing that helped me there was that I had been spoken to by God personally about this ministry. And then a little while later I began to inquire of the Lord, Lord I'm concerned the church hasn't got a pastor, there's no one there and then the Lord spoke to me again. He said, I want to make you the pastor. He said, no, no, hey, hey, listen, I got the school. I said, you know, Hi. you know, I'm not into this, you know, and, and, but the Lord spoke to me. He said, nevertheless, I'm going to make you the pastor. And uh, he spoke to me on two occasions about this, twice. Once when I was just there and I was uh, walking down the beach at Waikanae, inquiring of the Lord, what are we going to do? There's such turmoil and such a mess. Pastor's left and it's been left leaderless. And I know what we're going to do. And uh, what do we do, Lord? That's when the Lord first spoke to me. Second time he spoke to me while I was doing the lawns. Now, this is a little time later. See, because you have to wait on the Lord. You, you know, you just gotta, and God began to speak to me again from Scripture so I can remember exactly where I was and what I was doing and how God spoke to me exactly. I had a rhema that determined my future direction. And I can give you one after... Every time I've had any significant direction, I always had a personal word of direction from God that meant success. Hmm? When I, I can remember going into season of ministry, going through a great difficult time, and I remember just getting on my face and then waiting on the Lord for a word. And I waited for a long time, a long time, every day on my face, waiting on the Lord, waiting, praying, weeping, anticipating, asking him to speak to me, and then he began to speak, and he began to speak. Once he started speaking, he didn't stop speaking to me for about six months. I wrote down what he said. I've still got the journals to this day. And he gave me a wise strategy what to do that would mean success and enlargement. You've got to wait for the counsel of the Lord. Don't rush off into stuff. God is never in a hurry. Our flesh is in a hurry. Demons are in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. There's always a rest. You'll be led by the peace of the Lord. Be led by peace. This is good stuff, hey? But see, we've got to realize there'll be some major decisions you'll make in your life. You want to have these principles and know what to do. Here's the fifth thing you can do. Search the scriptures. While you're waiting, while there's a period of time between asking the question, maybe you wrote it down on a piece of paper in your journal, maybe there's a time between when you ask the Lord the question, he gives you the answer. Don't just do nothing. Spend time worshiping him and just being in love with him, learning to wait on him. You never know when he'll speak to you. The next thing you do is you actually begin to read the Word of God. Now, you don't read it just looking for an answer. You just make sure you are immersed in the Bible, the Word of God. And then just suddenly, a scripture comes and you've got your answer. See, but you've got to be in the Bible if you want God to speak to you from the Bible. 
And he can take a simple scripture and suddenly just like becomes blazing lights and it answers exactly what you want to know. Exactly what you want to know. So, but you've got to be in the Word of God. You're reading to find and get direction for him. And it's really, really important to get, do these things, you see. Eh? Here's the second thing. You can, here's a, here's a, the last couple of things you can do is this. One of them is check with someone who is wise. Check with someone who's wise and has experience in that area. Proverbs 15.22 and 13.20. Tell us about walking with wise men. You become wise. Or uh, if you seek wise counsel, seek wise counsel before you get out in some major endeavor. Now, here's the reason why. Now, seek wise people. Don't go to someone who's a mess. That's always a puzzle to me. People talk over their problems with someone who's a mess. What possible help can they be to you? They haven't got dominion in their own life, so they're not qualified to speak to you about yours, unless you don't value your life. So what you need to do is to find out people who are known for wisdom, have a track record for wisdom, make good decisions, and particularly they are experienced in their field and have God's perspective. Now, if they're experienced and they don't have God's perspective, they will definitely advise you wrong, ultimately. So I need people who have God's perspective and who are successful in their field. So we need to be able to ask people. And many times what we ask of them will confirm what God has already spoken in our heart. But sometimes you just need experience outside your realm. And to get that experience, you've got to ask someone. So don't be hesitant to ask, but don't make asking a person the first thing. Begin to inquire of the Lord because you position yourself for God to speak through people as well as speak directly. And finally, the last thing is... That we, uh, so the, the scripture for that uh, previous one is about spending time in the Word is found in Psalm 1. It says, Bless the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. This man will be prospered in all he does. So I've got to learn to be in the Word of God. Ask some wise people. Here's the last thing. Here's the last This is a good one. This is a really good one. Make sure that the last thing God told you to do, you're done. Okay, make sure that you've been doing what God's telling you to do. In Mark chapter 4, verse 4, it tells us that take heed to what you hear because the measure that you give out of what God has given you is the measure he returns it to you. In other words, he says something like this. He says, if you are walking in what God last gave you, he's going to give you more. And if you don't walk in what he gave you, you'll find it hard to even get something else. Okay, so we've got some steps now on being led by the Lord. I'm being instructed by the Lord. So what do I need to do? Very, very simple things. I need to get rid of any idols out of my heart. So I've come in a place where I'm expecting for God to speak. I need to trust him. He loves me. He's going to speak to me. I need to ask him the questions. Ask him the questions. Then I begin to wait and look to the Lord to give me the answers. How will he give me the answer? He may give it through scripture, through a friend. He may just make a witness in my heart. I may get a picture, a verse. Something just comes to my mind. There's a whole range of ways he can talk to you. Then we need to make sure that uh, we're listening to wise counsel and what we do, not listening to idiots around who don't have any success in their life. Come on, think about that. Don't listen to people who are foolish. You know, don't listen to them. You know, they've got nothing wise to say to your life. Draw from people who have got wise things to say. They'll help you get ahead in your life. And then finally, to keep walking and doing what God's last told me to do. So if I'll do those things, I can guarantee you'll inquire of the Lord and God will be watching you. He watches how you respond to what he gives you and it'll be easier the next time. We need to develop a habit in our life of inquiring of God. What should I do? What about this Lord? What about that Lord? What do you mean by this? What does this mean? What should I do here? How should I work this out? Just bring these questions to the Lord. Talk to him about stuff. And as you're walking through the day, you can talk to him about stuff. 
then you might be surprised you start to access a flow of God speaking to you. David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to him, and he got a great victory. Amen?